You're listening to Mr. Suave at MrSuave.com. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. To the mod generation, it seems to be the only way to fly. And you like to be where the action is, then you're certainly part of the new breed that's helping to make the two-wheeled wonder the wildest thing that ever happened. It's a mod, mod world. Welcome to Modcast number 487. Hey, that's not mod. And uh, that's going to be the topic today to argue about, or probably not argue really, because I have a special guest, somebody who's going to talk with us a little bit about what mod is or isn't or all of that sort of good stuff. This is a man that will be familiar to most of the 
the listeners since he's been on the show before and uh, definitely well known for the work that he's been doing in uncovering, discovering, uh, I guess I'd call him the prince of power pop promotion. It is Wayne, the ice cream man from the ice cream man, power pop and more blog and podcast. Do you do a blog anymore, Wayne? Um, no, I forgot the password. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. Yeah, it's great. I was, uh, looking back at some of the old shows and realized that it was quite a while ago that you actually guest hosted twice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The podcast, and I mean, a while ago, it was like 2012 or or 13, oh, wow. right around then. So it's well, that was a it's long been time. Ways. Yeah. What have you been up to since then? <laughs> uh, oh, quite a lot actually. Um, basically, I've just been sort of carrying on with the show, um, like you were saying just now. I, I was doing the the uh, blog as well, um, but basically, the, the show came out of not having the time to write the blog anymore. I was getting so much sent to me, uh, and it was just impossible to work a full time job and write about these bands yeah. so when i was offered a, a spot on a radio show in um, sweden i thought okay yeah I'll, I'll do that and then i can get 20 bands in uh, and then of course where i was getting 20 emails a week i started getting 40 started getting 60 80 so now i've got a back log of i know about over 500 songs that i i'm trying to get into podcasts and i do an hour a week so it's you know unless i start doing two hours a week but as you know it, it takes a long time to to put an hour show together it's not just record an hour show and that's it you've right. you've got to read all the emails you've got to listen to everything you've got to weed out the death metal uh the <laughs> hip-hop and all the other stuff that you really don't want to play um and not that there's anything wrong with that if that's your bag you know what i mean but it, it didn't, doesn't suit my show or, or my my way of um, musical thinking yeah well your way of musical thinking is uh, what i found early on when i found your blog and was one of the things that uh, inspired me when i was getting going um on my podcast and i you know, I'm not ashamed to say you have introduced me to many, many things that I have then stolen and replayed on my show. Oh, uh, because likewise. you find it great works stuff. both ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you do find a lot of things, or people send you a lot of things. Yeah. And you have turned it into well, it's not really it's not really a record label. You're actually doing like you know vinyl records and pressing things, or. Um, most of what I do is um, I do the, the compilation albums, which right. uh, I, I created to be like a further platform to the show. So um, if there was early on, there was a lot of bands on there. Some of them were like getting up to like 200 bands. So the idea was if they all had 100 listeners or 100 fans and they all heard all of the other bands, then you've got this massive great amount of yeah. people that this music's getting out to. Uh, I decided to make them free. My time, well, I mean, I've got a passion for music, so I don't mind giving my time to that and, and keeping this sort of music alive. Because if you turn on, I mean, one of the reasons for wanting to do the radio show and being so keen to do it was turning on the radio and all you'd hear is this generic sort of faux R&B. And, and it's just like, oh, my God, you know, what happened to the radio I grew up with where one minute you've got Motorhead doing Ace of Spades and then you've got the jam doing Going Underground, then Dex's yeah. Midnight Runners, the specials. You know, it was just a great big melting pot of great music. And all of a sudden it was just one generic sound and it was like oh my god i can't stand this so it was well all right make your own radio show and, and do it and, and it, it it's kind of taken off i mean it, it seems to be quite well received people enjoy the the mix um so you know hopefully people are listening <laughs> yeah it's hard to tell isn't it sometimes how much people yeah, are I mean, listening the, the, <laughs> the internet is a massive massive space uh, and and of course there's a lot of people doing these sort of shows um there's some that are more specialists than others i think i like to mix mine up a bit and 
uh, make it a bit sort of surprising what's going to come next. Um, but also, like you say, I get so many people writing to me, uh, asking me to listen to things that, you know, of course, I want to support those bands. So sometimes not everything um, naturally fits into the flow of the show, but also that's that's kind of exciting as well, that there's something that, you know, OK, it's not really something I'm really, really into, but I've got maybe a few thousand people listening. Maybe it's something that really appeals to them. So it's good for that band to right. get heard in that way, I think. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. I love being surprised when I'm listening to anybody's show and then suddenly there's <clears throat> a song out of left field, you know, it just comes out of nowhere and you're like, wow, or an old song like, oh man, I, I totally forgotten about this. Yeah. And here's somebody reminding me of this really great music or introducing me to something that's maybe a little off the beaten path sort of, you know, um, and we can talk about that in just a minute, what, sure. what the beaten path of mod really is. <laughs> um, but I'd like to do is play a few of the songs that you have uh, picked out. Um, there are three that were really new to me and uh, probably will be new to listeners. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to those and then we'll come back in a minute and we can talk about those bands and you can fill us in on uh, what they're up to. Absolutely. Just call 
late to sign And much too late to cry My tears are all in vain Thanks to a heavy advertising campaign and public relations effort, the mod began to recognize this machine as a cheap form of transportation and a way outsourced for kicks. Okay, you just heard three, uh, I think there are three brand new songs. Are those brand new things that you have uh, uncovered for us? ANC4, I think it's just about to be released. So it's okay. uh, either, I'm not sure when your show's going out, but it's possibly released by the time it goes out. Uh, Mark and the Clouds, that's been released. Uh, that's on an album called Waves. Uh, and the third one, um, which was... Are You Handies? Yeah, that's a brand new single. And that is released. It's on state records in the UK. And it's members of the Embrooks, if you know oh, who they are. Yes. Um, okay. So I really don't know which members of the Embrooks, whether it's something they've done in lockdown. In, they've got a little studio in their garden in Kent. Uh, so it could just be two of them, or, or right. it could be all of them, just doing something under a different name. And that was the the last song we heard was "Are You Handies," and the song is "Raining Teardrops." I guess it's a cover. Is that right? I'm not 100 percent sure. To be because quite honest. I didn't know anything about it, and I looked it up. It says it says it's a cover, and I thought, well, now I've learned two great things. <laughs> this uh, group, "Are You Handies," first time I'd heard about them. I didn't know they were the connected with the Embrooks and then this song raining teardrops but it's a great track i mean it's really cool it's not the the um oh who did raining teardrops originally i don't Do you know, know who did it i don't remember because uh, the, the title sounded familiar to me at the time but I, I was thinking of someone like buddy holly or something um so obviously that didn't didn't add up to one and <laughs> one equals two with that one um but now i've got to go and check that one out as well yeah uh, and before that, Mark in the Clouds, uh, You Want to Put Me Down. Yeah, that was a great track, too. brilliant, and yeah. That was uh, a brand new band for me. I had never heard of Mark in the Clouds. Oh, they've got some really, really fantastic albums out. Um, I, I think they're probably a little bit on, maybe a little bit psychedelic, a little bit mod. Mm -hmm. um, but it really, uh, Marco, the uh, singer and guitarist, absolutely fantastic uh, songwriter, uh, it keeps me up to speed with everything they do now. And I get so excited when the albums come in. There's always sort of like some real absolute stompers on the albums. Um, but the albums are so solid all the way through. So it's it's always really exciting when I see that come up in my emails or, yeah. or come through the letterbox. Yeah, it's really tight. Uh, and ANC4, um, I liked their album a couple of years ago, maybe 2018 yeah. or so. Uh, and this is brand new, maybe being released this coming yeah, week it, or any, any time now. Yeah. Any time now. Uh, yeah, they're, they're from right here in, well, Roger from the band is from right here in Gothenburg. Uh, some of the other members are from Stockholm, Falsherpin, and uh, who's the other one? Oh, it, it, Nick, the drummer, he comes from somewhere down the coast. I'm not sure where. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, they're, they're really good, solid band. Loads of big, big melodies in their songs, harmonies. Um, you know, they, they tick all the right boxes for me. And they also right. let me write some of their songs for them sometimes, which is uh, wow. a real, yeah, I, I think I've, I think I co-wrote two on the new album 
and I think maybe one or two, I can't remember, on the first album. And so, I mean, that's uh, that's all sort of come about. I mean, I'm, I've, I've known Roger for a long time, but, you know, to be asked to contribute something like, yes. like that as somebody who's been into music their whole life and writing stuff like that, it's, it's really exciting and, you know, it's a real honour to be able to, to be yeah, part of it. That's very cool. So how do you end up as a songwriter without a band of your own, uh, but you're doing a music show? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, many years ago, before I moved to Sweden, I, I was in a band for about 10 years. And we used to go into the studio. I used to write and uh, write the music and the lyrics. And we'd go into the studio and we'd record it. And we'd never really get that sound we got live. We was really good live, fun live band. Uh, and whatever we did in the studio it just sounded awful it came out and it just sounded overproduced it sounded clean and um you know we probably could have paid more money and gone to the right place but we didn't have any money so we <laughs> couldn't do that um so you know and i think doing this the more people i meet um and when you talk about what you've done um it, i start getting asked for for help writing lyrics like um tommy and the rockets in the in denmark yeah. they've asked for help uh, so i've written lots of lyrics for them and there's possibly a whole album of lyrics that i've written coming out by them in the future i don't know when um but we did some stuff together so that's all being worked on as we speak uh i wrote a track which was on the yum yums last album i wrote the lyrics for one of those so it's just really nice you know you you get the vinyl sent you and your name's over the back as one of the songwriters and uh you know, yeah, I'm not making that's... millions or anything, unfortunately, but it's, it's such a nice thing, you know, because it, it's almost like achieving what I didn't achieve with my own band. What was your own band? Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were called Aqualung, um, and then it was at the same time that another band came up uh, using the same name, oh. um, and they, they made it big with a Volkswagen advert. Oh, sorry, can I advertise on your show? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Maybe Volkswagen will send me some money. <laughs> yeah maybe they'll send me someone anyway we, we got on to them and we said oh no you can't use that, that name we've been using it for ages and they're like yeah but we got loads of money can you sue us i'm like right. oh, no we ain't got nothing <laughs> so we uh we just added dv to the end of our name so it's like aqualung dv which stood for demand valve uh because i was a scuba diver at the time i was doing a lot of diving wow. um so that's how we got the name aqualung and then we just added the dv for demand valve so we could there wouldn't be any confusion between the two bands not that we had anywhere near the success the other band had, but you know, there it was. Yeah, that's hard. Um, you know, Sharp Class, the band, mm, no, um, oh, young no, upcoming yeah, band, they used to be called the past couple of years Subculture, and they did some very straight ahead mod 60s influence power pop kind of mod revival sounding. Um, and I interviewed Oliver Wharton, who's the lead singer, and I said, okay. I knew you for several years as subculture and now you're called sharp class. And he's like, yeah, a reggae band with the same name hit it big. And everybody kept confusing us. And he's like, we, we didn't have the money to argue with them. So exactly like your situation, he just, they just changed the name of the band. It's happened. There was the beat Paul Collins beat and the the beat, the UK's um, two tone scar band, whatever they were. Uh, And I think they went under the name, the beat UK, but they, I think there was, there was some battle over the name with um, the, all the legal teams and all the rest of it. Uh, and they ended up playing gigs together, the Beat UK <laughs> and the Beat. Uh, so, so, I mean, I, I mean that's, that's a way to resolve it, really. I mean, there's, um, there's a US record label called Future Man Records. I don't know if you're yes. aware of it, uh, run by Keith Klingensmith. And I, I sent a band forward to him called Phenom- Phenom- Phenomenal Cat from the UK. And he had a band called The Phenomenal Cats. 
and it, it was like oh no and somebody said oh he's they're going to go mad there's going to be loads of legal things and he ended up putting them on his label and releasing them in uh, in the u.s so i mean it's it's i think everyone sort of like helps out we can make the scene much better and much much friendlier right right and it's, a nicer place to be it it is a pretty nice place to be and it's uh you meet a lot of neat people when you get into the music Absolutely. and uh you are uh, much closer to uh I think physically closer to a lot of people being in Europe. Uh, I am in Seattle and uh, there's a lot less of a chance for me to bump into people and rub shoulders with the musicians uh, as there might be for you and some others. Um, so I sometimes feel cut off, but the internet has connected me yeah. uh, over the years in a way that has uh, made it a lot more fun. Yeah. The world's a much smaller place with it. Definitely. Yeah, it is. And so you get to find Music, when I was a kid, when you were a kid, probably it was a lot harder. You had to go to the record store. You had to really dig through stuff, especially if you wanted to find anything in the U.S. anyhow that was yeah. mod or mod revival in the 80s. I mean, it was it was a lot of work. Um, now, everything's kind of at our fingertips. Yeah, it, it takes no time at all to find anything. Now, I mean, I used, I used to rely on... Um older people giving me mixtapes or you know getting fed up with their records and and of course like i said earlier you turn on the radio and there was a whole plethora of music out there yeah. to, to be discovered you know it wasn't just one generic sound that you know okay that'd be that's fine in the background while i'm doing the washing up i, I was hungry to hear stuff that that excited me musically and i mean when when i first heard the jam in like 1976 it was like whoa this this is my sort of band you know they've got energy they look smart you know they, they've got this this good look uh you know and i was kind of getting in i, I I've been into sort of the mod thing from the 60s from my mum's records and my dad's records. Uh, my dad was really into surf. My mum was into Buddy Holly, Beatles, Billy J. Kramer, all of those sort of bands. Yeah. Uh, the more poppy stuff, my dad was into the more sort of like rocky part of the 60s, The Who, The Stones. And then there was the surf music as well. So I got I got a really good sort of grounding from that. But then, you know, I wanted to hear more. I wanted to find my own little slice of that sound. So um in the 80s, in the early 80s, when the music scene started getting a little bit, should we say, desperate in, in <laughs> my in, in my mind, anyway, I started looking up a lot of these um, 60s garage bands from the US, and I was buying the Rubbles collections, the Pebbles collections, the um, West Coast garage bands, things, anything I could get hold of, just to find something new. And you know, I just I found that a lot of them were just emulating the Kinks, the Who. Um, but but they were also doing it in a, a, a dirty, punkier kind of way, which, which was really exciting. And it was refreshing to hear that after sort of not obviously it was impossible to hear everything from the 60s. But, you know, everything in the sort of mainstream part of the 60s, I'd, I'd heard over and over again. So it, it was almost like a whole new load of 60s stuff that I didn't know. Right. And uh, the Garage Revival in the 80s, you know, all of those bands both in the uk and the us and in europe and, and all over uh man that was the stuff that i ate up in the yeah. mid 80s the pandoras and and you know the chesterfield kings and um, those kind of bands and uh i really uh appreciate the what they taught me because that sound was new to me and then i went back and discovered who they were emulating and you're right they were emulating the who and the kinks and the trogs and so on uh but then it opened up this whole world to me of oh wow the 60s um you know and yeah, uh, you just don't, didn't realize how far the borders went for, right. for everything from the 60s and, and i think it's you know when i listen to a lot of these bands that send me their music now 
they're still sort of listening to these bands you can still hear all of those influences creeping in uh, and we're you know near on 60 years later the the influence is still really really strong i mean a lot okay a lot of the bands that are recording what what's considered power pop i mean they're they're definitely older bands and more mature but you know you're hearing it from a lot of the younger ones as well you know the younger ones that they've got the energy and uh, and the attitude but they've also you know leaning back and taking a little riff from the stones or the who and they're putting it in and, you say, and it sounds great and I, and I love that they're doing that and reinventing the wheel if you like to a certain extent it's, it's good it's refreshing and it's what it's what people should do with um, fashion and uh, music right because uh, for being a mod modernism my feeling has always been that part of it was looking forward as much or more than looking back and so trying to discover new things and sometimes on the the modcast i try to push that envelope a little bit i try to include a song that people are going to go wow that's uh that's quite different sounding or how in the world are you putting that in a mod show no it's okay that's that's the point and i get messages from people what are you crazy um (laughs) because i included something that was you know not just pure power pop or kind of 60s revival sounding stuff i I like to push the boundary a little bit absolutely and i think that's i think it's important to do that because i mean if if you think about mod from the early days with the the continentalists they were listening to jazz right and then as it moved on you know they were listening to some of the bands that were considered rock and roll bands um, and they move forward with their style, the music and everything else. Um, but they listened to ska in the early days. I mean, I, I remember somebody said once, um, there's no such thing as mod music, just music that mods listen to. And I think where the confusions turned up is when you had bands like Small Faces and The Who that were mods who were making music. Right. And then that was deemed to be mod music. But it was music being made by mods, but not necessarily what mod music was. So, right. I, I, I mean, I, I've got this very open mind to it. I mean, it, it, I, I, the jam, I mean, they were considered the revival mod gods, if you like, but they were playing punk music. Right, exactly. But they I looked mean, like mods, and Paul Weller loved the small faces. But again, he put the new twist on that small faces sound and made it modern. They made it their own. They made it fit in with the Sex Pistols, who they've been to see play and everything. Right. So, I mean, I think you have to have a very open mind with modern, and you have to keep moving. You know, I think as soon as you start closing down the um, what is modern, you start sort of like um, putting it into a box, then it's got nowhere to go. It can only ever be this one thing that's going to end up being boring. Um, you know, the, you, you can't get these Italian suits from the secondhand shop anymore for a couple of quid. You have to sort of like have one made or you or you you just take something and reinvent it and make it, give it a modern twist. I mean, when I was at school, the ties, this is like, um, I started secondary school in when I was 11 in 1979. And our ties were quite wide. So we just turned them around backwards. So we had the skinny tie. So we used the back part of the tie. So we had yes. the skinny tie look. So it fitted in. Of course, we had this bloody great tie on the inside, which was uncomfortable. But we looked the part on the outside. Right, right. I mean, when I was getting into the the mod look and trying to get cool clothes and things as a kid, same age as you pretty much, uh, early 80s, I didn't have much money. I could not no. afford to, to buy like really trendy clothes. I could go to the secondhand store, though, and buy a shirt, a paisley shirt for 25 cents. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was very cheap and 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 it had its own cool 
look to it and you could turn into a style all of your own kind of. And uh, I, I appreciated that. And I remember you probably did this, you know, you study album covers and then you go look for those clothes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, of course. It was uh, just, just what you did, but I, I agree about mods making music uh, and mods can make all types of music, whether it's soul uh, yep. You know, there's some great mod bands that do just pure soul stuff or mixing the soul with power pop or, uh, you know, getting more into the acid jazz area and including soul jazz and funk jazz. And uh, I just love having all those different influences. And when you discover a band that does two or three of those as opposed to just one thing. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think the bands that just did the one thing if they didn't evolve and start doing different things they're finished after a year because everyone else starts doing that as well so you, they have to keep yeah. moving forward and and you know thinking about what the next thing's going to be um it, one of my favorite bands from the 60s is the kinks i love the way ray davis and dave davis wrote um, you know it really summed up british life at that time and even listening to it now even though i was born in the later end of the 60s um you can really sort of get a feel of what was going on. I mean, I was still living in the arse end of what they were singing about. So I could still relate to it to a certain <laughs> right. extent. Um, and, and, you know, one of the better bands out there, I mean, the, the band that does that these days is the Supernaturals, um, yeah. a Scottish band. I mean, when they sing uh, the milk on my cornflakes is the same as any other day. It, it, it just conjures up a normal image of your, your bog standard breakfast. Um, but it's one everyone can relate to rather than sort of like all these, uh, twists and turns and, and you've got to work out what they're, they're trying to sing about right um so I, I like that style of songwriting and I, I think it's refreshing as well yeah uh of course the person who's probably done this best over the years is paul willer yeah and being able to change from the jam to the style council and then all of the many different things he's done as a solo artist i mean his last couple of albums you could never imagine him doing those in 1982 no. Uh, and yet to me now, they seem like natural progression of his looking forward, trying to sound a little different, trying to push the envelope, you know, um, and I, I love that. And I hope that that is something that other people will open up to and not, not be too dialed into just, you know, one thing or another. But I, I think with Paul Weller, I think he's, uh, I mean, maybe a lot of his audience have stayed with him from the jam. I mean, what's sure. he done, 40, 45 years in music? Now it's a long time. Right. Um, if he'd stayed if he'd stayed doing the jam thing, you'd, you'd have a, a 56, what is it, 57 or something? I yeah. know he's older than that, maybe. Uh, how, how could he be full of angst singing political <laughs> songs? Uh, that, I mean, it, okay, you can be angry, but you can be angry in a more sophisticated styled kind of way which maybe he's doing that i don't know I'm, i don't really listen so closely to the lyrics as uh, as i did back in the jam days right it's right. important to know what he was singing about then yeah um well i do love that he's uh, done that and his lyrics do tend to be uh still at times political not always but uh, there's still a little bit of that angst there he just delivers it in a much different way Absolutely. Uh, a grown-up way a grown-up way and it's funny <laughs> now to think about uh my mod friends you know that we used to ride scooters and things and now we're doing things in a grown-up way <laughs> yeah and it's, uh, it's, it's a natural progression <laughs> yeah uh, but the music keeps us young and i think that that is something that's uh always been you know um a youthful i mean mod is a youthful sort of energy to it as Absolutely. a subculture 
in yeah. my head i'm still dancing as a 16 year old I, right. I don't dance as i don't dance the dead dance at 50 plus <laughs> Oh, but uh, it does keep us uh, keep us kind of young, and I, I appreciate that. So, tell me, uh, with your show, um, do you got any uh, new things coming out? I know you just did a compilation. I saw that is up at Bandcamp right now, right? That's right. Yeah, I am. Um, I've been trying to keep them a bit smaller, make them more manageable for anybody who wants to do a review of them. Um, so I, I release. I asked people if they wanted to submit songs for them, and the first one, which I called "Ice Cream and Bubbles." Um, I took a photo of my daughter at midsummer and she was blowing bubbles and she was dressed. She looks basically like she'd just fallen out of the sixties. She had a polar white polar <laughs> neck on little brown short mini skirt and she was flowers in her hair and blowing bubbles. So it's like, okay, this is brilliant. I'll just call it ice cream and bubbles. Uh, I had 20 tracks submitted for that and there was still tracks coming in. Um, and then I'd taken another, uh, photo whilst on my holidays and, um, there's a really nice sunset over these islands in Sweden. Uh, so I said, okay, I'll, I'll put out volume two. We'll call it Ice Cream and Sunsets. Uh, so they're both up on Bandcamp. They're both a free download. Uh, and as I said earlier, it, it's purely a further promotion for the bands. Um, mm. It's cost the bands nothing to be there, and it's purely for their benefit. I, I take nothing for my time. Um, just the joy and satisfaction of knowing that this good music is being put out there and people can have access to it. Yeah, a couple of those compilations did get huge I mean, they're like 100 plus songs which yeah is fantastic but it does take a lot of time to dig through all those to, yeah. like you have to listen to them and you've got to sort through all the stuff that you're getting um so that's a real labor of love absolutely yeah i, I mean it's it, even to do the one i mean the first one that i released the ice cream and bubbles uh, this summer um it, most of the songs that came to me I knew because the bands had come to the, through the show anyway and, that, and that's really nice to have the songs on the show that go out on the albums because it, it just feels like um, you, you're sort of fully going ahead with promoting them you know you, you've liked it that much and so you know, like the Mark and Cloud song that you played earlier um, that's on the, the first one and I was so pleased when he said just choose the one you want to put on and I thought well, I've got to put you don't want to put me down you know, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's got the right sound, really summery, really bright, really jangly. Um, so, yeah, it's lovely. They, they come through the show and then they end up on the compilations. Sometimes I get bands that come to me and say, I've never been on your show, but could, could I put a track in? Yeah, sure you can. It's all about promoting the new bands. Right. Um, unless it's death metal, and then I tend to do one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, it, it really is about promoting the bands around it because I, they, they don't, with the mainstream stations, they just don't get the airplay. There, there may be a couple of FM stations out there um that do it but i mean it's you if you go onto a radio show it's so hard to to find the ones that are playing the stuff you want um which is why every week i share my show with about 100 facebook pages or as many as i can find right. um they're probably sick to death of me sharing it but you know it it helps promote the bands and it helps me keep receiving good music and, and i think if i stop then you know if that platform's not there i won't get to hear it either so i mean it's it's kind of a selfish thing as well yeah it is <laughs> uh, i i enjoy getting music and i love when somebody just out of the blue that i've never heard of says oh by the way uh you might appreciate this and i'm like wow you know and it's yeah. so much fun to to get new stuff like that and uh i i enjoy getting to listen to music i am not a musician i can't play an instrument i can barely keep a beat uh i have no <laughs> rhythm but somebody a musician told me that uh they wouldn't exist without listeners. 
of course. And I can listen. I can listen to music. And I have to grab onto the talent that I think I have, <laughs> which is listening, <laughs> not playing. But, Absolutely. Um, but I mean, you know, the, the talent there is, you know, hearing what is really sort of like catchy music, putting it together and then presenting it to people. So, I mean, that is, it is a talent. Uh, and of course, I'm talking to myself as well here. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, it's like I said to someone, I said, oh, yeah, but I only play the songs. And they said, but it's the songs you pick to play that make the show worth listening to the fact that you're passionate about what you're playing at. and i do get excited about what i play like you say you get a new song and you're like, oh wow oh, i love it i can't wait to get this on the show uh and you know i could hear it about 10 minutes before recording the show and i've got all my songs set up ready to go for it now i'm going to slot that one in there and, right. you know it's going right. to throw things off but that's what the show is all about chucking something in and but and i absolutely love it i love getting new songs and you know i always when i was li first listening to music and buying vinyl I was like, oh, but, you know, what if I don't go and go to that record fair and start listening to this, you know, as much as I can? What if I miss hearing my favourite ever record? You know, it's out there sitting in a box <laughs> in a record fair and, and I'd never get to hear it. Yeah. I, and I, I had this real silly hang up about it. Um, but I mean, it's impossible to listen to everything. I would like to, though. Yeah, <laughs> I love uh, listening to when you get a single or something that somebody is really proud of and they're like, man, you know, here's our here's our new single from you know, our new album and it's really good. And then what I sometimes do is I like to grab the album and then go, okay, I'm not playing that one because people yeah. will hear it. And so you yeah. dig down, you know, seven tracks below that. And it's like, okay, here's another really great song and uh, play something that maybe people haven't heard, but because the band is so good, you know, then they get excited to go and dig a little bit more for themselves. Sure. I was, interviewing vic from star collector on a recent oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. modcast I and um i played a song from one of his, their early albums from like 2010 or something and he was just blown away he's like okay that song's been out for over a dozen years and never been played on the radio or a podcast or anything and i yeah. said yeah but it's a great song so i just picked one and he was just shocked he's like wow you you picked like this you know and he, he was happy too but uh, it was just kind of funny yeah. but i love to share that kind of stuff yeah, I, I, I like to do a similar sort of thing. I mean, sometimes it, the A side is so strong. Uh, I'll just play the B side of the single. It's equally as good um, and yeah. maybe fits in more with what I'm playing on the show. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not underselling the band by playing the B side. You know, and I always say, you know, that's the B side. Right. Go and check out the A side. It, right. it's, yeah. it, I, the bands, there's so many great bands out there. I, I wish I could do a, a much longer show and... Uh, in the good old days, we would have been paid for this, uh, this <laughs> display of music. Right. Um, but it's the same as the musicians. They're not making anything. <laughs> so right. We're all in the same boat these days. Well, speaking of uh, really great bands, you have three more songs that you picked for us. Uh, we're going to listen to those right now, and then we'll uh, talk about them and kind of wrap this up.
For the benefit of the older less informed in our audience, it's time to visit a typical boutique shop that caters to the in-look of the mods. All right, we just heard a three more classic. They may not be classics, a couple of them, but they should be, right? They will be. They will be one day. <laughs> they will be one day. One definitely is. That last one was the small faces, of course. For sure. And uh, hardly need to even talk about it because, I mean, it's just a classic song. Hey, girl. And uh, it's their classic sound is so identifiable as soon as you hear, you know, the first couple of bars. Yeah, such a such a great singer as well. Um, I, I remember a story someone saying, uh, "How do you sing like that?" You know, that blue-eyed R and B. And apparently, opened his mouth and his throat was absolutely huge. <laughs> Whether that's a true story or not, I don't know. But that's apparently how he uh, sounds how he that way. Such right? a great voice. Yeah, it sounds the proper sixties story, right? <laughs> right, and that's a proper mod sort of song. And uh, they yeah. were, of course, the proper mod band. Really, I think probably the modest of the mod bands of the sixties. Yeah, certainly in clothes style and yeah and sound and haircuts absolutely yeah yeah i totally yeah, agree they had it all going on uh right before that was uh, a fairly new one that like you said will probably be a classic that was the most with howl yep they're uh, a swedish band from uh, way up north um uh, I, i've hung out with magnus the singer a couple of times and friends the guitar player um we went to the pretty things together when they did their final tour and uh, we got to hang out with um the band afterwards and that's so it was really cool it was nice to hang out with them. but they're you know for me the most are uh, probably the most swedish mod band that there is or, or yeah. probably one of the most mod bands around and they've been around quite a Europe. while probably 20 years maybe yeah and they're that only young too no, they're yeah, not really they're about my age <laughs> and they just have that true 60s freak beat mod you know sort of style and uh, to their their songs always when stuff comes out i'm always uh, happy to hear it enjoy it a lot yeah absolutely brilliant really really love them uh and then of course right before that the lynn price three um i mean do they ever do anything bad um <laughs> no no they don't and I, and I believe they're working on a new album at the moment or there's gonna be one coming out pretty wow. soon so oh, that's um, great that's good yeah news. every single album i've had by them I, i've played it to death and you know on and it, they're, they're one of those bands where you can play through the album and then go straight back to the beginning and i used to do that with the jam mm -hmm. um you know but those days it was like play the a side flip it over play the b side and you'd listen intently to it and i i, I find vinyl is much more of a uh, you're more involved with it uh, as a format yes um but with with the lem price three cds or it was just play it and then it was like oh, put it straight back on again you know really exciting really energetic really powerful um absolutely love them like you say they've done nothing wrong not nothing yeah. at all uh i mean all all their stuff every album is fantastic and i love that often they you know you think they're gonna zig and they zag a little bit in that they introduce uh flourishes of other sounds at times and you get a little bit of a um i don't know it's it's a sampler sort of and, and every yeah. once in a while i think wow that was cool that was totally not what i was expecting from the limb price three and yet they make it work and you feel like yes they own that and it's yeah. kind of different though too and have you ever seen them live no i have not really really, really good band live absolutely fantastic the 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 drummer looks like keith moon when he's playing even with nice. sort of like opening his mouth sort of you know not singing the words but just like posing with the mouth open and uh, uh the the singers all over the place glenn 
um, you know, pointing his guitar like a machine gun. Bass <laughs> players very much sort of and almost John Entwistle-ish in sort of like his cool and, you know, not moving about too much, but, you know, just enough to keep it interesting. Uh, and they're really nice fellas as well. I was uh, I was up in London and um, little Stephen was there to introduce, I think it was the band Cocktail Slippers from Norway. Oh, yeah. And Lem Price Free, I think they were on the, their, his label as well. Uh, so and I, I was in the toilet be- between sets and uh, the, the bass player from Lem Price Free was in, oh, come backstage with me. Uh, so we've gone back there and there's little Stephen there, the Cocktail Slippers, the, who are all girls. You know, getting changed in a corner. So I sort of like get my hands over my face trying to be <laughs> uh, you know, all really lovely, all chatty and that, uh, you know, and then uh, then I told him who I was and you know, oh we'll, we'll send you over some records to play and what else is it? Uh, really, really lovely. And it's nice, it, it's nice meeting people like that because you know, back in the day when I was younger, the, the bands were a little bit more aloof. You you couldn't get close to them, you couldn't talk to them. Um uh, apart from uh, the chords. So I met the chords back in oh, 1980. I was outside a outside a club waiting for them to go and there was the chords long tall shorty and 007 playing mm-hmm. uh it was bank holiday august 1980 and i had a broken arm at the time and i was sitting outside the venue waiting to get in and the, the chords turned up and buddy came up to me and said right, how many skinheads did you take on before you got your arm broken <laughs> I, was like, oh, I was only about 12 or something um and that, that was sort of like the first time i'd spoken to someone from a band that i was you know really really into uh, and I met him several years later and, you know, we, we've kept into uh, several years later, probably about five years ago, actually. So it's got a long <laughs> gap between me and again. But, you know, it, it, it's nice to, to actually be able to talk to the bands. And I think we've, like we were saying with the advent of the Internet, it's it's made that world smaller. And, and to be able to talk to people who make music, who you, you look up to, it's a lot easier than it used to be. Yeah. And it makes it a lot less anal as well, if you like. Right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your taking the time to talk it's with us. It's been a pleasure. Do you have any uh, any surprise things coming up that you want to tease? No, absolutely or... nothing at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a. Re- I've got I've got two more weeks of holiday now. I've released um, two albums in that week. Wow. Uh, I've I've written some lyrics for someone, and I think now I'm gonna go and mow the lawn down at my little summer house and uh, and just chill out for a couple of weeks, lay in the hammock and. Uh, Oh, actually, I've got another show to make tomorrow, so I've got to do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, apart from that, I'm going to take it easy for a little bit. And I think maybe uh, maybe in the autumn or early winter, I might release another compilation album. All right. Just we'll to keep, keep an it eye going. out for that uh, at the Ice Cream Man Power Pop and More podcast. I will have links up at the Modcast homepage at mrsuave.com, both to the show, your show, and to the Bandcamp page where people can check out all the bands that you promote. Uh, and if I had to list them all right now, the show would be about eight hours long. Um, you do a great job, and uh, it is much appreciated by me, and I'm sure a lot of other people. I always enjoy listening to your. Thank you, and I enjoy listening to your show as well, Rob. Yeah, very. Well, much. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate your being here, Wayne, and uh, listeners. I'm going to take you out with one more from a new band. Uh, it's a young band out of Los Angeles. Uh, You may have heard of them. I don't know. It's called the Velvet Starlings, and they are on their way up, I think. They have a great kind of 60s vibe to them with some psychedelic overtones and uh, just really, really tight power pop band. So uh, check out the Velvet Starlings, and I will be catching up with you on future Modcasts. I'm Mr. Swab. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 